From tornadoes to hurricanes, blizzards, and everything in between, you're listening to the Stormfront Freaks podcast. The Stormfront Freaks are former television meteorologist Mark Massaro, atmospheric science graduate and skywarn storm spotter Brady Harris, digital meteorologist and weather producer on the Weather Channel app Dina Knightley, former on-camera meteorologist at the Weather Channel Kim Cunningham, and I'm your announcer and Skywarn Network coordinator Mark Johnson. Now, here's the moderator of the Stormfront Freaks podcast, Skywarn storm spotter and chaser Phil Johnson. Well, hey, everybody, welcome to the most entertaining weather podcast on your listening and viewing device. Uh, you've joined the Stormfront Freaks podcast. If you happen to be listening for the first time, thanks for stopping by. Uh, we always tell you, go to, go to stormfrontfreaks.com because you can check out our library of all the previous and past guests that we've had uh, from the weather industry, folks like Storm Chaser and Star of Tornado Hunters Greg Johnson and Doppler on Wheels scientist Karen Kosiba are just a couple to name a few. Um, we also want to let you know, make sure you're following us on Twitter and Facebook right now because we've still got our five weeks of Christmas uh, giveaways going on. Uh, I think right now we've got giveaway number eight is posted if you go to Twitter or Facebook. Uh, but we've probably got, f I think, four more that we're going to be doing here between now and Christmas. Uh, so all you got to do is go to Facebook or go to Twitter or both and search Stormfront Freaks, and uh, you'll find us there. Make sure you follow us and uh, check out what the latest giveaway is and, and do what you need to do. But this, this, folks, tonight is episode 68, and as part of our Women in Chasing series, uh, we are with meteorologist for the Weather Network and co-star of Storm Hunters, uh, Jacqueline Whittle is with us tonight. So we're excited to be, yeah, excited to be talking with Jacqueline. Um, we also be having some fun with our lightning round, weather fools, and folks. Yes, we've got a visit from uh, from from the weather <laughs> trollbot five thousand. Weather oh, trollbot is going to be with us tonight, uh -oh. so you know uh, you know to make sure to have your kids bring their earmuffs. But before we get to all that, let's go ahead and introduce the team. Uh, every time we record, it's always happy hour. Uh, mm -hmm. One of the greatest ways to introduce uh, the co-hosts as well as uh, let you know we're here to have some fun tonight. So, MJ, I'm going to ask you first, what are you drinking? All right, we got a repeat tonight. I had some in my fridge still. It's uh, Killian's Irish Red. Looks yeah, my brother's yeah. favorites. All right. Good. All right, Maz. Maz, what are you drinking tonight? 68 episodes, and I forgot. <gasps> what? I know. All of a sudden, I'm like, where's my... Oh, oh. oh my had, had the whole band back together like tonight, and you didn't bring your drink. You sound like it? me, Mass. Come on, man. I know it. Come on. I think All he right, meant well, just he's 68. <laughs> I, I don't think he meant uh, <laughs> out. Ouch. All right, Brady, uh, then uh, on to you. What are you drinking tonight since just you're talking about a little bit of red wine. I've been, I've been watching uh, Game of Thrones lately, so put me in a little bit of a red <laughs> wine. Maybe some mead. Wow. Good. Like Good. All right, Dina. Dina, uh, what are we sipping on? I've got some Merlot too, my Wonder Woman glass. You are. Nice. Okay. I love that glass. <laughs> it's awesome. Good. All right, Kim. It's wonderful. Kim Cunningham, what are we drinking this <laughs> I evening? I am also going with red tonight. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Right? Oh, no beer? No IP? Bunch of winos? What the well, hell? You know... You know, Saturday I had it's a good few for the heart. <laughs> no, this is it is good for the heart, but this is the apothic red, my go to. Good All stuff. Right. It's a red blend. Very nice. Go to wine. Very good. And yes. then, you know, fun thing is, we always tell our, our guests we've got a digital green room uh, that's stocked to the hilt of your favorite <laughs> beverage of choice. So, uh, Jacqueline, I understand you're, you're joining us at the bar tonight as well. What do you have? 
I sure am, Phil. I'm actually, I was going to bring a Caesar because I'm Canadian and I know you guys don't have Caesars <laughs> in the States, you have Bloody Marys, but I opted for a nice cider. So this is uh, a cider. Wow. It's uh, Orchard Berry by a company called Growers. I don't know if you have that in the States, but it's uh, made in Niagara Falls with Canadian apples. Oh, nice. wonderful. We'll have yeah. to try some. Yeah. I, I had no idea when you said Caesar, I had no idea what you were talking about. Exactly. See, I should have done it. I was going to do thing. it. <laughs> And all the funny things in it, you know. Does the can have grapes on it? Um, it has berries on it. It has okay. this particular one has berries. You can kind see of threw here. Me off. Yeah, I didn't. Ooh. I was like, what? yeah. Well, let let's um let's do this. Let's Jacqueline. Let's give you a formal introduction instead okay. of a what are you drinking introduction. Okay. So, uh, Kim, Kim, I'll I'll let you uh, let everybody know who we're speaking with for those that maybe don't okay. know. Okay, all right. I am so excited to introduce this woman. Um. Born to be in front of the camera and performing, Jacqueline is the severe weather junkie on the Weather Network team. Yes. She's done Women in Chasing series, or she has a Women in Chasing series with Jacqueline Whittle, um, a digital meteorologist with the Weather Network, and also the host, and at one time a host of Storm Hunters. Um, Jacqueline joined the Weather Network in 2012 with an already impressive background. She started at Rogers TV hosting daytime, worked at two radio stations in Barrie, interned in weather, at Weather Center in, in City TV, worked for Global Regina, 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 we got Regina and Global Toronto Weather Centers. Now, Jacqueline was a singer and a performer for 12 yeah. years before the broadcasting bug caught on and she moved on to study meteorology and is a Mississippi State University Operational Meteorology Program graduate. Jacqueline is part of the Storm Hunters team driving all over Tornado Alley, bringing us reports of volatile weather patterns. Jacqueline, <laughs> thanks so much for joining us tonight. I <laughs> think you. you're welcome. And I think a lot of us want to know, now how does a singer performer go to be a meteorologist? I know everybody asked me that question. That was a really nice intro. So thank you very much, Kim. Um, you know, basically uh, my whole life, I was a musician. I started out as a pianist as a young person, and then I went into singing. So my teenage years, I was, you know, doing musicals and that sort of thing. Went to university for musical theater. And my whole life, my, my dream was to become a performer um, on Broadway. And uh, while I didn't do Broadway stage shows, I did do I guess equivalents here in Canada. I toured um, in Europe and played the role of Sandy uh, in Greece, the musical. That was oh, a really, nice. Yeah, that was wow. really cool. Uh, that was when I was 26, a long time ago now. But I did, I did uh, music and performing for yeah, nearly 12 years, and I really got to a point in my career where I wanted to kind of tap my academic side, and I was, you know, done with auditioning and wearing sexy costumes on stage and you know stage. the leather pants for sandy <laughs> <laughs> I, I had to squeeze into them i'll tell you i wore them and i uh yeah but that was an amazing experience and uh, all of it was it was a very special part of my career and my life and there's part of me that you know believes i should probably do that again it's actually been almost 10 years, believe it or not, since I've been on stage doing anything. So as soon as I decided to switch into meteorology, it was full bore, full, you know, went through myself into, into media and, uh, you know, had to basically start right from scratch at over 30 years old and starting to work and volunteer my time. And, and, um, I worked really hard and, and, uh, yeah, now I'm, I'm with the, the weather network, which is 
uh, similar to your weather channel in the state, mm -hmm. it's a national network. Um, I used to work on the linear TV side, but uh, right now I'm, I'm mainly doing more of a digital platform for the company. So uh, doing forecasts for, for Canada on, on the app and on our website, which has a, a massive reach worldwide. Um, and yeah, I'm, a, I'm very active with our show Storm Hunters, which is definitely my passion. So I'm busy. I still teach piano. I still st uh, teach singing, uh, but that's, that's what I do now. So yeah, it's really great to be with you guys. I'm in good company. And I'm excited, 30, yeah. 30, you're like so old. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Hang on, I'm going to be 41. That's what? Like, yep, oh, 41. Oh, oh my no gosh. Jeff, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you this because it's relevant. So you're talking okay. about age. So how, how old were you when you made the mental decision to go, all right, I'm going, which is rare, to go from arts to science. Yeah. How old were you at that point first? 30. That's, okay. that's when okay. I had that little uh you know epiphany that hey this has been great but it's been my whole life i want to try something different so so here's the thing because there's we we, we have a lot of listeners and viewers that are, are probably in that similar boat right where they've they've got a little bit of the weather bug or they've got something that that's tugging at their 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 um strings a little to say hey you know you really like weather maybe you should do this and they're going yeah but i'm already yeah. kind of doing 30. this so <laughs> how how were you able to do that switch from one industry and just go oh, i'm just gonna go and do this now and go to school and pay my you know pay all the tuition and exactly you make that happen and have a mortgage and three yeah. steps at the time and oh um, you had kids yeah. then too wow good yeah. for you girl go thanks <laughs> <laughs> thank you yeah they're all grown up now but when i first met my stepdaughters i have three they were five eight and twelve and now they're 22 25 and 29. oh so, my gosh here's the really crazy part uh my oldest uh her name is corey uh, her and her husband to be just had twin baby boys nearly two years ago. So I'm actually a oh, grandma. Oh, oh congratulations! Yes, that's wonderful. Love them very much, and we're actually we call me Glamma instead of Grandma. Yeah. Oh, that's Glamma. Cool. Oh, I like that. Wow. <laughs> I may feel that. Yeah, totally. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but they're they're wonderful, and uh, you know, to to talk to how I made that change because I think my parents, in particular, are, what you're you're doing, what yeah. I mean, it was um, it was one of those things where I thought that media would be a good um, you know kind of marriage to my other career. I knew that I wouldn't shy in front of the camera or the or the microphone in radio, and that's kind of where I started. So I I didn't really know it was going to be weather right out of the gates. Although I've always had a nerdy passion for weather. Uh, my dad would take us down to Fort Lauderdale, Florida every every winter, every spring break. And the first thing that he would do would turn on the weather channel in the mm -hmm. in the room. And, uh, we didn't get the weather channel because we were in Canada. So oh, right. we put the weather channel on, we're like, oh, super cool. Um, but uh, we, you know, he was a weather nerd. I grew up with that. I've always enjoyed weather. But it was at that time that I I just kind of went into media, and then one thing led to another, and. I signed up for the Mississippi State program and and then just it just kind of went from there and now it's absolutely just as big of a passion as as music once was. So what what, what triggered the weather part? Like cuz sometimes people are always like, "Oh, I was in a tornado or I grew up I saw something." So for you to change, there had to be something that said weather. I think I would say my father because he was always the weather nerd in the family and we kind of identified with that, but it wasn't like it was this 
passion I had, you know, throughout high school, I was all about music. And, and so I never really thought too much about weather. If you told me I'd be a meteorologist in my 30s, I would have thought you were nuts. Um, but I grew up in an area in southern Ontario, so right, right across the border from Detroit, Michigan. I was about 15, 20 minutes from the border. So, you know, by Canadian standards, that is a very active uh, place for weather, severe weather in particular in, in the summer season. So, you know, I grew up, you know, hearing the tornado warnings over the river in Monroe, Michigan. And, oh, no. you know, we, yeah, and we would, so I was kind of half American in a way because mm. I knew Fahrenheit before I knew Celsius, you know. Um, I didn't know a lot of our Canadian musical artists. I grew up, everything was, you know, if we went shopping, we went to Detroit, we went to the States. If we went vacationing, we went down to Florida. Yeah. Um, I still do a lot of travel in the States, both with work and personally. So I, I do feel kind of like I, I have a bit of both. And oddly enough, about two years ago, uh, the Weather Network launched uh, basically a presence, a digital presence in the US. And I was the one responsible for doing that. So for the last two years, I've been forecasting U.S. weather, um, which was really exciting. And I got to learn a lot. I'm now back on the Canada side. But <laughs> I got to learn a lot. And uh, so, I mean, it was weird because I was living in just outside of Toronto. And uh, people would be like, so what's the weather going to be like this weekend, Jacqueline? I'm like, I have no idea. But I can go to Colorado. You know, I <laughs> it's a digital age where we do so much, you know, remotely now. I was so excited to hear you were in digital because that's my my life now. So I'm like, go Jacqueline. We got it. We got there. Especially, you know, it's kind of cool when you've got somebody in Canada versus the United States, and it's just kind of interesting to hear what they do on a day to day basis. Yeah, I mean, it's so much has changed. Obviously, you know, we're in constant meetings, as I'm sure you guys are um, in your company about you know, where's the appetite moving forward? I mean, we know that the linear platform is changing, but there's still certainly a need for linear TV. Nobody's, everybody's right. not cord cutting, right. um, you know, but it, it is changing. And, you know, we're, we're exploring different things like, you know, streaming on our app and, you know, there's so many, there's mm. so many angles you can take on the digital platform and, you know, doing live field coverage, which I do a lot of, you know, bringing that digital presence. So it's almost like watching a linear platform, but but you're on digital. So I really like it. I've really had to diversify. And I think every meteorologist, whether you work for, you know, a local news station or on a national level, you've had to diversify and that the days of just kind of showing up and doing a shift yeah. are done. I mean, you know, I'm writing articles. I'm obviously very active on social. You're streaming, you're periscoping, mm -hmm. living. it's nonstop. And, and it's awesome because it's always changing. And you're bilingual. You speak Canadian and American. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Put that I on your resume, Bravo. bilingual. Bravo. Do you ever cover states or um, storms in the states? All the time. Um, yeah. So every season, we the, the show Storm Hunters that um, that I host and actually now started kind of producing. Not kind of. I'm producing, but I've only done two episodes out of like thirty. Um, so, uh, but we go down to the states. We go. Uh, I was covering Hurricane Michael, uh, Hurricane Florence this season. Um, you know, we were in Mexico Beach hours after the major storm surge rolled through that area. Um, and it was pretty incredible. I mean, I've covered uh, more Oklahoma, uh, El Reno. I've been out all the big ones in the yeah, States. Wow. Because we, we just tend to be there. In the Canadian, um, our Canadian audience takes a lot of interest in U.S. weather. Um, so, you know, so much of what's happening south of the border is impacting us, whether it's a nor'easter coming up to the Canadian Maritimes, yeah. up the eastern seaboard, or, you know, again, severe weather into uh, the Midwest. So we're, you know, we're, we're north of you, but we watch a lot of what's going on south of us. 
Hmm. Uh, so yeah, we're down there all the time, uh, but we're diversifying with the show too. We're becoming a little bit more international now because we've got 30 episodes of Storm Hunters. So we've done Tornado. How do you, Tornado Alley, how do you top, you know, and I say top, but how do you top an El Reno day? Well, it's pretty yeah. tough. That's a, you know, historical day. Um, so we're trying to do different things. So last year we um, shot an episode on the earthquake and the rebuilding efforts in Nepal. Uh, and that was really amazing. Uh, we went to the Canadian Arctic this past summer, um, way, way northern Baffin Island, way up there and talked about polar bears and climate and all kinds of things. So, um, you know, we're, we're switching things up and again, being on digital, that uh, can go to such a large audience. I got to plug my show for a second. Yeah. Storm Hunters, uh, <laughs> there we go. Uh, Storm Hunters just got distributed as of yesterday on Amazon Prime in the US and in oh, Canada and the nice. UK. Congratulations. Awesome. Yes, that's Thank wonderful. You. So a lot of hard work. It's been in production for, I'd say maybe seven, eight years now, the show. I've been a part of it for six. So uh, check it out on Amazon Prime. Yeah. Very good. Oh, hey, we're, we're, uh, we're going to go ahead and take a short break, everybody. Go ahead and refill your drink. And uh, <laughs> when we get back, uh, we will definitely talk some more about uh, chasing with Jacqueline. FelicityDesigns.com is the leader in weather-themed clothing and accessories for the Stormfront Freak and you. Besides a creative line of weather-themed t-shirts, footwear, bags, and more, they also carry an exclusive line of Stormfront Freak's podcast gear and drinkware. Get a 5% discount on your entire order when you use the code SFF for Stormfront Freaks at checkout. That code again is SFF. Find it all at FelicityDesigns.com. All right, so we're back with Jacqueline uh, from the Weather Network, and, and you were talking a little bit about your Storm Hunters um, uh, series, mm -hmm. and which which you said how many episodes now? You said thirty. I think we're actually like thirty one now, which okay. is really cool. Which that's pretty. I'll be honest with you, I don't know many uh, storm chasing series that make it that you know thirty <laughs> do thirty plus episodes. Yeah. That's. Uh, that's actually well, pretty especially good. Especially after the tornado years we've had, Phil, right? I mean, the past four years has been... Yeah. Yeah. Well, so so I'm going to go back to this. You were talking a little bit about, about El Reno, and it's it's kind of rare that any time we have a chaser on, that that obviously doesn't come up, and that storm doesn't come up. And I read a little bit that, that you were... Ha was it half a mile away from uh, Tim Samaras and, and the group? What, yeah. I, what I want to know is what was that day like for you and and where you were at what you were thinking um kind of what was going on were you by yourself or with someone uh, i was with my chase team uh the production okay. team with, with storm hunters how many um, what, what are we talking um, about in your caravan probably in total from well in my vehicle it was just myself and my co-host and i was actually shooting that particular year like i was camera person slash host so i was wearing a lot of hats but um we also had a team of meteorologists that were in a different vehicle that worked for our company and then we also had just a couple other fellow chasers that people may know, Scott McPartland, Dave Lewison, uh, Chris Kreidler, just to name a few, you know, kind of the, you know, it's kind of a close knit circle. So they were traveling with us as they do every chase season. And uh, 
you know, our experience, as soon as I hear it and I hear you sort of intro it like this, I get this, you know, weird feeling in my stomach because it, it had that feeling that day. Um, it, you know, that day was the longest wait for storms to go up, or at least it felt that way. Maybe because we all had that pit in our stomach and it took till like five, five thirty in the afternoon for anything to really go up. And Where, where'd you start? We started uh, just east of, you know, where we ended up, which wasn't far. Like we were on high, Highway 81, which is where Tim and crew were just off of Highway 81. Everybody was on Highway 81. Um, but we were just east of there and we were at a gas station and uh, just hanging out, sun, sun skies. You know, it could have been one of those days that everything would go up or nothing would go up, even though it was such a high risk day. And we were just playing cards and like waiting and waiting and waiting and nothing was going. And finally the cap broke and off we saw a couple blips on radar and we got in the car and went fast. And within about 20 minutes to a half hour, that storm, you know, went up to this explosive monster supercell that obviously, you know, put down the largest wedge in history. Um, and of course we didn't know this then. So we're, our experience, basically we were along Highway 81 and uh, nobody really knew what we were looking at. Uh, George Karunas and Mark Robinson are the two people that I chased with. George Karunas was also in a different vehicle. He was north of, I don't know how familiar everyone was with uh, is with Highway 81, but it's kind of like gone down as like a, I don't know, like a historical spot to be, I guess, on that chase. Mm -hmm. It's a north-south, you know, highway. And of course, this is where Mike Bettis was and that truck obviously was heading yeah. south on 81 too. And that that story. Um, but my, my friend George and my, my partner George radioed to us up near the airport, which was north of where the tornado was. And he said, okay, tornado, tornado, we've got a confirmation. None of us could see anything because it's just this rain-wrapped beast. But then all of a sudden, we could see it getting closer. And I just thought it was rain. I didn't realize, you know, I guess only my second or third chase here at that time. And and I didn't really know what I was looking at. And sure enough, what I was looking at was the outer edges of this massive tornado that grew so rapidly, as we know, and then started to cross basically just north of us, which would all be fine if we had a nice escape route going south. The problem is, is that there were so many chasers on the road that day. Everybody was trying to escape this massive beast of, you know, of the storm so we're trying to to get out i'm shooting out the window i see these people getting into their storm shelter and literally closing the door behind them and i'm going oh my gosh like you know i don't know if this is and before i can think like we got to go we got to go all i see is brake lights brake lights brake lights and everybody like hundreds of locals and chasers are just all trying to flee at the same time and that was the most terrifying part because I didn't really know that I'm looking at the world's largest tornado. I just knew it was a tornado, uh, which I had yeah. seen many times before. But it it was something I'll never forget. And at that point, you know, we didn't know what happened to Tim and crew. We didn't know what happened to Mike Bettis. We didn't know what happened to Greg Johnson. And I think Reed Timmer was in some trouble on that one. So everybody couldn't flee quick enough because the storm just did unusual things. Um, so yeah, we, we had to radio to our friends to make sure they were okay. A good friend of mine, a chaser from Australia, his name is Dan Shaw. He was um, hit by a transport truck because the transport truck was hit with the outer edges of the tornado and that hit Dan's car and just terrifying footage that came out of that day. And that was our last chase day. And by last day, I mean, it was our last day before we went back to Canada. And I thought it might be my last chase day forever because I was really shaken up by it. We had spent, uh, you know, days before that, several days reporting in more 
on the EF5 there. So we were already just, I mean, not to make it about us because it was obviously so much about everyone else, but just tired and, and stressed and like, oh, geez. So after El Reno, that was it. And I thought maybe I may not chase again. I did. What, what was was there a point during that 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 you were thinking oh my god this like you had that that this could be it uh thought going i mean what was that point where were you at the, what was going on yeah i i always go back i you know it's it's kind of a blur but then there's other things that stand out that i'll never forget and i think it's those people getting into their storm shelter you know you always interview people that have come out of their shelters and you've talked to people hey did you take shelter but actually me being there and seeing all these brake lights at the same time that these people are now getting underground and I know that I have no you know escape route really you know anytime that we're ever in a predicament like that we always make sure we have an escape route but everybody was on that same like county road waiting on the same storm because I think we were all waiting that afternoon for so long for storms to go up that when it did we all just went on the same cell and everybody was just you know um, it was dangerous for everyone. And I think it's really changed storm chasing and how we all approach storm. I know it has for me and a lot of my, my colleagues, like we play it safe and we, we always did, but even safer now, you know, um, sure you make, you make mistakes. Sometimes you make a wrong turn, you get too close, but ever since that day, I think it's changed a lot of chasers. So did you say that was your third main chase? I think that was my third season. Uh, that was 2013. Okay. So no, you know what? It was my second season. So oddly enough, when you started the show, you talked about Greg Johnson, the host of Tornado Hunters. Um, so he was my first chase partner. And uh, I was living out in, um, in Saskatchewan, in the Canadian prairies, working at Global Regina, which is a local news station. And Greg approached me and, and I, like I said, if you told me I was a meteorologist and a storm chaser in my thirties back then, I would have thought you were not. <laughs> he just said, hey, have you ever thought about uh, going to Tornado Alley and, and chasing some storms? And I'm about as green as it gets. This is my first weather gig, you know? And I said, yeah, sure, why not? I Okay, so I talked to my news director and uh, he approved it. And because we have such a, a active severe weather season in the summer in the Canadian prairies, he thought it was a great opportunity to like kind of brand us as, hey, we're our, your severe weather experts. We were in Tornado Alley in May and here we are now back at home in, in July. Uh, and it was an incredible year. That was the year of Joplin and mm -hmm. uh, the Piedmont Day. And there were so many things going on that year. So um, so that's who I chased with first. And uh, Greg's a good guy and, and we've remained friends since. And so now he has a show, Tornado Hunters, and I have Storm Hunters. And yeah, it's kind of weird that we both ended up with TV shows. <laughs> so I, I want to go back to, to Phil's question for a second, because I think yeah. it gets very unique with that, that being your second season and probably being very excited as most people are, but you're, because you were so green and I, and I that's such an interesting perspective. At, at what point did did you, besides the people getting, when you saw the tornado, or what was that realization moment when you saw, did you see it coming out of the rain or did, what was that moment where all of a sudden you're like, hey, cats, <laughs> oh no, yeah. when, when did that happen? I would think, I don't think I ever knew that it was out of the rain. Um, what I mean is it never revealed itself as, oh, there's the tornado. Okay. It just looked like a massive, two point, what is it? 2.6 mile wide 
you know, massive rain, like just a massive rain shaft coming at us. That's what we thought. So I don't ever recall saying, oh, okay, there, what I do re remember is thinking, uh oh, that, that is the tornado, like that might be the tornado. Like what we're thinking we're looking at isn't just rain. And as it came closer and we know it accelerated and changed directions, you could see that out in the field and we can see that in our footage where you can see it's there and then, okay, it's really coming close to us very quickly. Um, thank God we were far enough south on that highway that we, we could get out even despite the, the traffic jam. But obviously people that you know were north of me on Highway 81 um, couldn't get out. And you, you know, Tim, I didn't know Tim that well, but I mean, he was a colleague and, and you know, a lot of chasers know everybody kind of thing that, that does this. But uh, he, as I understand, you know, he was he was definitely the real deal. He was not a thrill seeker. He was out there for science. He was doing it for the right reasons, so to say. And, you know, he was, I know exactly where he was at because we went back the following year and kind of paid our respects. And, you know, he, you, just, you just couldn't escape in time. You know, that thing moved so quickly and it crossed the road in a way. There's, there's right turners. You know, when we talk about supercells and then there's that, it just was like accelerating and changing directions. And I don't know if, if you were in the wrong spot, you just didn't have a chance. So, know? so you yeah. mentioned it wasn't a very great, uh, visually interesting tornado, right? I mean, it, mm -hmm. it really was a big, massive rain shaft cloud yeah. that covered such a big territory. There was really no edge to it. Yeah. So visually, tell me a little bit visually what have been some of the most interesting storms whether it's tornadoes, whether it's hurricanes that, that you've seen, Jacqueline, uh, uh, whether your camera caught it or not, what sure. would have been the most, most visually interesting storms? Um, okay. Uh, I would probably say my first tornado I ever saw was uh, a beautiful stovepipe tornado in Ada, Oklahoma. That was in 2011. And it was just beautiful. It was at dusk. It, it appeared like it was coming down this this roadway toward us, even though it wasn't, it was kind of going the opposite, like it was kind of going parallel, but it just had this beautiful shot. I was with Greg Johnson that year. It was my first tornado. I just remember not like having this exhilarating feeling like, wow, like that is, I'm looking at one that is real. This is the real deal. It looks so tall to me. Um, so that one always stands out as, as probably the best tornado I've ever seen. Um, in terms of structure, we've seen some amazing, you know, structure out in the field, uh, too many to even recall, but I was able to uh, get into my first uh, eye of uh, Florence this season. Um, so that was pretty neat. Visually, it wasn't all that neat, but I had never been in the, the eye of a hurricane. And while it was a weakening cat one at that stage and it was kind of overcast, it wasn't a clear eye. It was still so cool to be literally reporting in blasting winds you know and then to go to like frogs you know chirping and stillness and just like little drips of drizzle and i actually took a little video uh on my cell phone and, and put it up on twitter and i looked like such a goof because i was just so excited <laughs> and i can only imagine what it would be like to see you know the stadium eye and something like that which is so rare to get i think some people did get it on uh on hurricane michael but hurricane michael was probably the most, I, I actually think I've changed since Hurricane Michael, I think I prefer chasing tropical weather over tornadoes now, which is uh, kind of neat. My storm chase partner is all about tornadoes still, but I really love tropical weather. I, I love um, 
the, the, the sheer size of the systems and that it's a long duration event. Um, I think tornadoes are more difficult to chase because yeah. it's like, you know, finding that needle in a haystack kind of thing and finding the exact target zone. But hurricanes, there's just a, a relentless power to those storms that just wears you down and as a chaser, but it's awesome. You know, we, we wrote out, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we wrote as as, what's as that? Long, as long as you're not on the wrong side of the storm surge, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Then it's not, not so good. Um, and I think, you know, that interesting you brought that up because Michael, um, you know, there were a lot of people that, um, well, there were there were not a lot of strong structures in and around the Mexico. Are you guys all familiar with that whole setup? And were you, Brady, you're, are, were you there, Brady? No, I wish I was there. I wish I was there. Just the way you said that, I'm like, uh oh, am I? <laughs> had no like one to go with. Had, I asked Phil, and he was like, No, I can't. Phil, I don't have any vacation days. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I mean, there's a lot of scrutiny, I think, on chasers. I'm sure you've probably heard about it too, on Michael. That there were, you know, there were certain people that were driving around in their cars chasing uh, Michael, which you know, at this point, was coming on shores strong category four hurricane, and. You know, a couple chasers had their, their car washed away with surge, like literally while they're documenting the storm. And I'm very proud to say that we played that storm extremely safely. Um, I would have liked to have been closer to the right side of the eye wall. And, um, you know, we, we talk a lot with other chasers and um, we had scoped out Mexico Beach and, and of course where the Tyndall Air Force Base is just east of Panama City Beach. We looked at all that area and there was nowhere safe to ride out the storm. And it's just not, you know, it's not worth my life to no. get that amazing footage. No. So no. we were on the left side of the eye wall. We still probably got 130 mile per hour winds according to some OBS that were pretty close to no. us. And we were in, um, in a, a strong uh, structure. We were in a parking garage uh, right near, what was the hotel? Treasure Island, if you're familiar at all with Panama City Beach. So we had this huge hotel that was blocking um, any debris from coming into the parking garage. And then of course we had the parking garage uh, that allows us to shoot and hide behind really big beams and pillars. And so it's really kind of fun riding it out in a parking garage. Um, and we knew that we had mostly offshore flows so that you know, surge yeah. wouldn't be an issue even if we had to get our cars out at the end. And, and I think as a, as a journalist, um, that's a good way to play the storm too, because it's all great to be on the right side of the eye wall in Mexico beach. But if you can't report on anything yeah, after, because no. the cars lose it. Right. and didn't yeah. you get a ton of wind in that parking garage? You we think you get the, yeah, you think you get yeah. a ton of wind blowing through there. We did. I mean, it was, like I said, it was offshore flow and, and, uh, but it was certainly decent. It was, you know, our footage, when we put together the show for storm hunters, nobody, the, the viewing audience doesn't say, Oh well, they're they're definitely on the left side. Of, you know, <laughs> they don't yeah. know. Yeah, <laughs> it's hurricane footage, and it looks awesome, and it was awesome. And um, there were still some tense moments where we were. I mean, it's not like we were. You know, we were right by the eye wall, but we were just on that left side. And obviously, we know the right quadrants where all the crazy action goes. But what was nice is that as soon as the storm ended, and it was a short duration event by hurricane standards, um, we literally got in our car and drove to Mexico Beach, you know, within hours that day. And so then we were like ready to go. We were yeah. ready to do our job. And then we got some great uh, drone footage and um, that went, that did very well on, on many platforms. I think the Weather Channel actually used it, I think. And CNN, uh, um, 
Anderson Cooper led his newscast with our footage, and we were like, yes. "Wow, <laughs> that's yeah. great!" So you know, that's good value. That's good, uh, you know, ROI. I guess if you're if you're in the strongest part of the storm, sometimes then you're kind of useless if there's so much debris around you that you can't do much. So that was the yeah. best. As you can see, I get excited about Michael. I would say that was the best chase of my life. I I loved mm. that storm. Oh, what what level were you on in the parking garage? Uh, various. We would go down to the base, have a bit of fun, go out and you know, kind of sample the winds with our anemometer. And then if things like debris was flying, we were like, okay, let's go up a level. <laughs> we'd go up a level and we would just kind of move around. And um, actually, we did have a close call where uh, we went into the uh, hotel itself to kind of take a break from the parking garage and get into the structure. And as I walked out, the glass door blew right off behind oh, me. Oh my God. So that was scary. And then I was running to get back in the parking garage and the winds picked me right up and, and I fell on my hip. And it's, it's so funny. And Dina, you could probably appreciate this. Like, that's the video that went viral. Or butt in the air or something crazy. That that's was the one that's you? gonna go. That was me. That's what helped it make a. It was Jack. <laughs> did uh, did the hotel bill you for the door? No. <laughs> no. Okay, that's good. But I'm wondering, you had you had severe. You've had tornadoes. You've had hurricanes. And I was looking at your Twitter feed. You had one like back in the spring or something at Everest. You got to do. You went to there too at base camp. Yeah. So that was um that was a part of that episode in Nepal that we were shooting about the earthquake. So the earthquake was uh, three, almost four years ago, I guess. And so a lot of uh, the country is still, you know, because it is such a, uh, a poor nation, unfortunately, they're still rebuilding from that earthquake. So we thought, hey, maybe we could shoot that episode, cover it with awesome, well, awesome, but, you know, good B-roll to tell the story. Mm -hmm obviously devastating B-roll, but, you know, package it and make it a really great show and then get those personal stories while we were there. So we did do that. And I think it turned out to be a really great episode. But the Everest part was um, basically we had a, a helicopter uh, company take us to Lukla Airport. If you know Lukla, that's the most dangerous airport mm -hmm. in the world. That's crazy. So we were, we were landed in a helicopter, which is great. But in a fixed wing aircraft, you're basically landing in the Himalayas um on the edge of a mountain on a 1700 foot runway that's on like a i don't know eight degree pit 1700 feet that's it, it. unbelievable oh unbelievable. my god and these planes come it's in crazy. Out, and literally you you take off and it's like you're taking off an edge of a mountain and oh, you better, oh hey, you better jump, quick jump in hey, better or, or quick jump off we're here go 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 that's it. <laughs> when we were at Lukla Airport, I was so sick. That was my day. You know, you go oh world traveler. That was my day that I was sick. And I remember lying on the pavement in a winter puffy jacket with helicopters landing in front of me, <laughs> oh trying to sleep. So we went up to base camp. And because we went up to base camp without clim uh, uh, climatizing ourselves to that elevation, oh. we actually only had five minutes to get off the helicopter and five minutes to get back on. And that's it. Because really? Was, yep, because then you can have, what is it, pulmonary edema, I think it's yep. called? Yes, yeah. yeah. So, um, it, and it's real, and my I felt okay. I got off, I was there, I was selfieing it and doing some ever shots, and all the people on base camp were waving at us. It was such a rush. And then my chase partner, though, when he went up, he felt really weak in the knees. Um, and then the coolest part of that was that we got back in the helicopter to go back to Kathmandu and we, we were flying, we were threading the needle between thunderstorms in the Himalayas. I was like, ah, 
Oh, Can I be the best wow. team? I want to go with you. Yeah. Yeah. Go with you. you know what? I think I'm going to Katmandu. Okay. <laughs> it's with me. Let's go. I want to go to right now. I want to hang out with Jacqueline. She gets I know. Cool uh, stuff. Great out of career. What a career. All right, Jacqueline. Jacqueline, do this for us. I got one last. I got one last question. This will be quick. So I was reading your bio, Jacqueline. It says uh, you like horseback riding. Now, have you ever considered like riding <laughs> horseback chasing? I mean, I think that <laughs> could be wow. God, you better have know. a damn good exit strategy. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Just, you know. The okay. horse is going to look at you like, oh, I don't think so. Don't think so. <laughs> okay, my answer to that, Brady, is that I am such a beginner that my horse probably would just stop and be like, no. <laughs> I don't know if you guys ride, but I'm like at the, you know, I'm just learning to canter right now. I'm I'm really not very good. So uh, no, that would not that would not end well. <laughs> All right. So so on that note, so you told us a little bit about Storm Hunters. Um, how how can other people find you or follow you on social media or sure. reach out to you? Well, you can go to theweathernetwork.com slash stormhunters, and then most of our episodes are there for viewing. Um, you can watch a show on Amazon Prime, as I mentioned. Um, if you are listening from Australia, we are on National Geographic in Australia, and we're on Sky Network in the UK, because you never know. We have international listeners, I'm sure, here. And um, you can also follow me on Twitter, if you want, which is jwittall, W-H-I-T-T-A-L-T-W-N. So that's my Twitter account, and that's pretty well where I do most of my social media. I probably should be doing other things like Instagram. And uh, anyway, <laughs> it's hard to say enough. That's enough. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know. All right. Well, hey, that's the sign. It is time for our lightning round, Jacqueline. Uh, this is our game show of flashy questions that we always have with our guests. Uh, we always invite our listeners and viewers to play along with us tonight. Uh, we're going to play a little. Have you ever heard of uh, Cash Cab? Yeah, I have heard of it. Yeah. Okay, so Cash Cab was, was a game show. Uh, I believe that was Discovery Channel or, uh, or something like that. But it, it's uh, a game show that was done in a cab. And, and it was uh, they would ask questions, and the questions would be worth uh, money. And they would be on their way to wherever these folks were actually planning to go. They just get in a cab and think they're in a cab, and then all of a sudden, boom, it's a game show. Uh, and then the goal is to answer all these questions before you get three strikes. And if you get three strikes, they let you off wherever it is that you got the three strikes, and you get zero money. But if you make it all the way to your destination before three strikes, you can actually potentially double your money with a final question. So Wait, money? I didn't know we had a budget. <laughs> uh, this, oh, is, this, this is Monopoly from, money. Monopoly money. Okay. Oh, Monopoly money. Yeah, this is uh, Canadian dollars we're playing with tonight. <laughs> uh, so here's what we're going to do. Uh, the, the focus of these questions, Jacqueline, so you've got a yeah. music background, and you're yeah. actually talking about, hey, maybe I should go back and uh, maybe record something, and I think it's a fitting time of the year that you should go back and record a Christmas album. Ooh, yeah. uh, but all of our questions tonight are going to be based upon Christmas music songs. Okay. And uh, I'm I'm tempted to make you have to sing the answer. Oh, yeah. Is what is what I'm actually thinking. But so here's how Cash Cab works: you actually get a couple lifelines. Uh, one lifeline is you can phone a friend. My question to you is: Do you have a phone on you right now? Uh no, but okay. I don't, don't worry. Uh, don't worry about it. Don't, don't worry us. about it. Yeah. So, so I'm going to give you two. I'll give you two lifelines, and they're both going to be uh, uh, pull a freak, right? Like you can pick one of the freaks 
to help you out. If okay. you need help with an answer, okay. you can pick pick one of the freaks. Okay, okay? so I'll yeah. give you two of those. Okay. Um, and uh, so here we go. Are you ready to roll? I'm ready to roll. All right, let's do this. Okay, so question number one is worth 25 fake dollars. Uh, how many times, How many? and these are Christmas songs, right? How many times does Santa check his list? Twice. Correct. Ooh, that nice. is correct. He checked Wait, his she's got to sing it. Twice. There's more. There's better options. Here, here's a better option. All right, second question. So uh, this is for another 25. Uh, one foggy Christmas Eve, Santa came to say what? Um, Rudolph, with your red, wait, Rudolph, with your nose so bright, why, won't you guide my sleigh? Tonight. Sing it. Tonight. <laughs> yeah. She got it. She tonight. got it. You missed yeah, tonight, it. but we'll give it to you. We'll give okay. it to you. You yeah, missed yeah, tonight. Yeah. All right. So, so you're at you're at fifty dollars. Question number three is also wait, worth twenty five. There will be singing with this tonight. I don't know. I'm waiting for her to sing, but there's, there's going to be dinosaurs on a dinosaur tour. Here we go. <laughs> Question number three: Why do I want my two front teeth for Christmas? Oh. Why do I want my two front teeth for Christmas? That's not a song. I don't remember this one. Oh, I know what it is. Do you? Okay, Kim. I do. All right. So, so you're going to use up one of your lifelines already. Kim, so go I ahead. I can wish you a Merry Christmas. So I could wish you a Merry Christmas? Yeah, something like that. That is correct. Yeah, all, right. Wow. all right. So you're up right, to you 75. Okay. 75 fake bucks. Here we go. Question number four for $25 before we go up to the next level is uh, what do Janice and Jen want for Christmas in the song It's Beginning to Look a Lot Like Christmas? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Oh, I don't know. Any, okay. Lena doesn't look like she's going to be I much know, help. I know. I'm trying to sing <laughs> it and know. not embarrass myself here. All right. I mute myself. Time, time's counting down. Oh. You got I got nothing. All right. That's oh, strike that's number one. Oh. Strike number one. What was it? Uh, oh. It's dolls that will talk and will go, go for, for a walk. walk. I would have never done that. This is the hope of Janice and Jen. There okay. you go. Yeah, I Here we go. It. Now we're going up to $50. So the questions might be getting a little bit more difficult. Wait, Phil's the Jacqueline. first one to sing on the show. I know. It's depressing. <laughs> All right, Jacqueline. Here we go. The Grinch is as cuddly as a what? The Grinch is oh. as cuddly as a what? Oh. Gosh. Um, I got it. As a, oh shoot! We sing this every day. God, Grinch is a every cuddly. day with the kids <laughs> around Christmas. All right, Jacqueline, you got it. Or are you gonna? As a, I I don't pull a have freak? it. I got it. You got it. Okay, go ahead, yeah. Maz. Cactus. Cactus. As cuddly yeah. as a cactus, cactus. That is correct. Stunk. You're a mean one. <laughs> all right, all right, Jacqueline. <laughs> <laughs> Twenty-five. $125. This is good for another 50 right here. Good tidings to you and all of your what? I got it. To you and your, you and your kin. Is it kin? Yes. Kin. That is yes. correct. <laughs> that is correct. So you're at 175 All right. Next question is for uh, $50. Okay. On the 11th day of Christmas, what did my true love send to me? 11th, On the 11th piping. Eleven Pipers piping. That oh, is nice. Nice. 
Wow. You know why? Nice. We do that every Christmas party every year at my house, which happened last weekend. We, our whole family has a part that we get assigned. It's super intense. Oh, we do that too. <laughs> how, do you get, how do you get them all in there? That's a lot of pipers. It's a lot, yeah. <laughs> a lot of pipers. A lot of pipers. All right, here we go. This is, uh, this is the last last question, Jacqueline. Okay. Uh, what does, this is for $50. You're at 225 right now. What does Alvin want for Christmas in the Chipmunk song? Oh, man. What does too. Alvin want for Christmas in the Chipmunk mm. song? And you are out of lifelines, by the way. Oh, I am? Oh, yep. man. All right, I'll give you one more. Oh, I'll give no you one idea. more. I don't know. What does Alvin want for Christmas? Like I know it. I know it. You oh. do? Yes, I do. Go ahead, All right, Brady. Brady. All I want for Christmas is you. <laughs> oh. That's incorrect. Wah, Unfortunately, wah. I don't think the Chipmunk That was good, like Mariah Carey. Oh. All right. You know. <laughs> All right, so so here's where we're at, Jacqueline. We're at the end. We've reached our destination. You uh, have two strikes is all you've got. So I've got 225 fake dollars for you. Nice. Or you yeah. can double it to 450 and answer the final question. Double it. Take the, take the fake down. money or double the fake money and <laughs> risk losing double it all. Right. Oh, <laughs> She's gutsy. Yeah. I know. It is crazy <laughs> on here. Okay, here we go. <clears throat> Who was seated next to me a day or two ago in the song Jingle Bells? Who was seated next to me a day or two ago oh. in the song Jingle Bells? I got it. And I, can't, I don't have any lifelines. Oh. No, it's the final question. Yeah, I'm not going to give you a lifeline. Wait, okay. So who was seated next a day or two? No, that's yep. the line, right? Yeah. No, that's right. Yep, uh -huh. a day or two yeah, keep ago. Keep going. Sing the whole thing. I don't remember the words then. I know. You know? Um, it's not a mystery. I thought I'd take a ride, I think. Yeah, yeah keep but, going. But, but seated soon, next to me. Soon. Soon. I would just throw out Santa or something. Oh, no. Something it's by my side. It's uh, a girl. It's a girl. Shh. A girl? Yeah. Well, a lady. Uh, I got it. I got yeah, it. Uh, uh, unfortunately, we're we're not not going to give that to you. But it yeah. was Miss Fanny Miss Bright. Fanny. Yeah. Oh. Miss Fanny Bright. Really? Uh, Miss oh, Fanny Bright. Yeah, I had no clue. That's why it had to be the double or nothing question. Yeah. I, I really became rich, and now I have no money for Christmas presents. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Unfortunately, oh. you are you are out all the fake money I was about to send you in the mail. So, uh, but anyway, appreciate you playing along, Jacqueline. Great job. We're gonna uh, we're gonna go ahead. We're gonna take our final break. Stay right here. We're uh, gonna have some more fun by calling out some weather fools and hearing from Weather Trollbot Five Thousand. Uh, we'll be right back. Hey everybody, this is Greg Johnson of the Tornado Hunters on Netflix, and you're listening to the Stormfront Freaks podcast. Let's take a drive under the Do you have a product or service that needs to get in front of thousands of weather fans? If so, you can partner with Stormfront Freaks podcast and be heard and seen over multiple platforms. To get more information, go to stormfrontfreaks.com and click on Our Partners or send an email to phil at stormfrontfreaks.com. 
Let's catch up our lives In the hours till day Let's take a drive under the moon Welcome back, everyone. Hope you enjoyed your break. You know, Phil, thanks for the applause. I got a couple uh, couple uh, comments that were saying they really wanted applause for the Weatherful segment. I was so trying thanks. to, I was, I was giving them the cut sign. And <laughs> see it, so well, thanks for including. Anyway, what is Weatherfuls for those that are listening for the first time? Weatherfuls is a segment where us as the freaks, as well as our guests, are going on, on the internet, we're going on Twitter, we're going on YouTube, and we're looking for anything that someone did that was stupid, that was dumb. It also pertains to the weather. So, Phil, I understand you have an incredible one tonight. Who is your weather fool this week? Uh, my my weather fool comes from Anchorage, Alaska, and this actually has nothing to do with the uh, earthquake they recently had. This has to do with some snowy weather, and and this was from NBC News. All right, so so this was uh, so here it is. So this is Anchorage, Alaska, and and this this had to have been on a hill. You see how you, right now you see boots and the guy's kind of slipping down, mm. but he's pulled over on this road. Um, they seem to be on a hill, but what happens is as as the video goes on, there there becomes a situation where there's a car. You see see how this SUV oh. is just sliding backwards. It has no oh, control geez. at all, sliding backwards, rams oh. right into a truck. Oh. It keeps the, going. The rest of this video just shows people that are kind of zooming by I shouldn't say zooming; it's it's relative, but they're zooming by these wrecked vehicles going up this hill. Don't you think they'd know? Man, I better <laughs> slow down. This just doesn't look <laughs> like it's no, real, that's a bad. good that's situation. And, oh, and there's no. just, oh, it's no. car after car. Here's oh. a jeep trying to go oh. up, and we'll see if they make it or not. But uh, yeah, so that that's my weather fool Whoa. is just wow. people that when wow. they come across, and this is going to happen all kinds of people. Um, in the winter is when you come across a situation and you see cars stopped along the side of the road, multiple cars, and they're pointed in, in a different direction. <laughs> That's a sign to slow the slow F down, down right? Slow slow down. down. Hey, yeah. Phil, can we also yeah. do a public service announcement? And if you see emergency vehicles pulled over with the lights, move over another lane. Ooh, Phil, Phil, you need to start a lecture circuit. It's called Common Sense by Phil because yeah. that yeah. I just yeah. don't understand it. I don't understand yeah. it. Oh, I, I think that'll be yeah, that'll be a new a new um, a new segment. PowerPoint yeah. we do is just we'll go around yeah. the country doing weather fools. <laughs> oh man, weather fools PowerPoint. <laughs> That'd be fun. Hey. Oh, man. All right, Phil, that that was fantastic. Like uh, Dina, what is your weather fool? This week? All right, so mine is in Alaska as well. Um, this guy, he's funny. His truck is parked in the parking lot and his daughter has like this, um, like a play kitchen that he's trying to get out of the truck. So he keeps sliding and he, it's so funny. It's, it's foolish, but it's not totally bad, but he keeps sliding. He's trying to get it out. He slides down the driveway. Then he tries to get back up. He slides down the driveway and his wife's laughing at him through the whole thing. Cause he can't get it. Oh God. <laughs> and then he, there he goes. Down, down, Whoa, he's down really he sliding down the road. Wow. Oh, and then he comes up. He's like, I'm going to run it. I'm going to run it. <laughs> and he just can't do it. He's, it's like running on a treadmill. And then there's a car going by. Oh he's still gosh. trying to get this thing up. Oh it's my so God. funny. You gotta oh watch gosh. it. And the length that this, I give it to him though. This dad was like, you know, he was really trying, but 
That's so oh my sweet. god! It Pro- was, property it was, value on that house just dropped about twenty percent because so of that video. Funny. And the part of him like trying. <laughs> oh, oh good lord! Wow. It goes down. So, that is awesome. And he does. It's funny, but oh my god! You got to watch it because he really he he finally does get this thing in there. Oh, that is so sweet. It's incredible. Well, that's why we hate ice storms. Ice storms yeah. are the absolute worst. Yeah. $20 game and a $500 medical bill. Yes. Yeah, it's funny watching exactly. somebody try to sprint up a hill and they're not moving. Yeah. They're like right, two right. inches and they're like, they're still going the opposite way. Like a bad yeah. 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 One of our viewers, Mason, says ice surfing in Alaska. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, those yeah. are pretty great. Uh, thanks for those weather fools this week. If you want to check those out, we'll have the links on our website at stormfrontfreaks.com. Uh, what is this episode, Phil? It's 68. Episode 68. 68 on the show notes section. Very good. Yeah. Take cool. it away. All right. So I, I, I want to introduce. So some of you are familiar with uh, our Weather Troll by 5000. What happened was a few months ago, we scraped up enough cash uh, to go to a garage sale, and we found this, <laughs> this like a robot, right? <laughs> and uh, we, we programmed it a little bit, and we've called it Weather Trollbot 5000. But what it does is we find all of the trolls on social media and the Internet that are bugging the crap out of our weather friends. <laughs> and we input all this information into the Weather Trollbot 5000 to find out what our weather friends were really thinking when these trolls were slamming them on social media. Because, you know, in in this industry, our weather friends are usually very professional and very nice um, because they have to to keep their job. Uh, But deep down, you got to really know what they were thinking. And so our Trollbot does a good job of figuring this out. I warn everybody in advance, uh, the Trollbot, we forgot to put the explicit tag on it. And so Trollbot has been known to have a little bit of a potty mouth. So <laughs> any young ones you have, now would be the time to pull out those earmuffs. The filter was extra cost. Yeah, and so it was. We didn't have the money for that. Uh, Lord knows. So, so here's the first one I'm going to share uh, with you guys. We've got a couple to share with you tonight. The first one uh, comes from James Spann, a former guest that we've had on the show. Um, this was this was in reply to the oh recently there was um, uh, the weather storm the winter storm and I forgot what uh, the weather channel Diego Diego yeah, yeah. yeah so so that was rolling through the plains and Texas and dumped a lot of snow in in uh, the Carolinas uh, but but there was potentially early on there was talk of course which is always the case of of a lot of snow in the plains uh, being dumped by this thing. And what James Spann, so this is his reply to some of the um, uh, recent feedback on Facebook. And so one comment came from Cody Boatman said, tired of listening to y'all's You couldn't predict how many hours there are in a day, right? Uh, AJ Butler said, how much Walmart paying y'all to blow this completely out of proportion? Nice. And so James, James came back and he just said on Twitter, he says, you know, I feel for my friends and colleagues in Oklahoma. We've all been down this path getting brutal on Facebag. That's what he calls Facebook. (laughs) So so what I'm going to do, I'm going to go ahead and uh, type this into the Weather Trollbot 5000. I'm going to type in that response. And then I'm going to go ahead and let it compute. Uh, And and we're going to find out here what, I, I guess, what James was actually thinking. Uh, let's see. Let's see what he says. Here's what James was really thinking. 
My friends and colleagues in Oklahoma are learning what the jerk-offs that frequent Dollar General stores are really like. <laughs> okay, so so uh, he's apparently, uh, you know, James, I, he, I always hear him talking about getting down to the real people at the Dollar General stores. <laughs> and I think we, we probably know what those real people at the Dollar General stores uh, really think. Hey, you but so, some good stuff there, Phil. I know, right. I was just there. Surprise! <laughs> Right? <laughs> be surprised. I'm not saying it's a bad store. I'm not saying it's a bad store. All right. Uh, we got another one. Dina, you've got one apparently centered uh, around Ginger Z. Is that Yeah, correct? and we love Ginger. Yeah. And she's always so graceful to people. Yep. So this JJG2DIB, which doesn't even make sense, said uh, knee, knees looking a little uh, wrinkly. Longer fabric necessary. Oh. And then this other person, which has a weird uh, Twitter handle, CZAITA36. While she may have nice legs, she has uh, terrible knees. <laughs> oh my God. They take away from her look. And then Ginger replied, I've had trolls for just about everything, but I don't think I've ever had them for my knees until today. <laughs> I'm like, I read this and I'm like, tell the guy to F off, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you can't do that in TV, but. We, we know what everybody's thinking. Well, let, let me, Dina, let me go ahead and enter that here uh, into the weather troll box. <laughs> okay, I think I got that. We're going to go ahead and let, let, uh, let her compute. And then, so we got to really figure out, I guess, what, what Ginger was uh, really thinking because we know that she's like a lot of us. She's a real person, right? Have you seen so, Ginger? She's gorgeous. She is, gorgeous. right. All right, let's see what she said. Here is what Ginger was really thinking. My knees. I think we've now covered it all. Okay, that's probably what she really was thinking. What, what do you do now? You've covered every part of my body at this point. What, what do we do now? When oh if my gosh! On some of knees. Oh. All right, so I, I think shut up. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I I think she's the bee's knees. I'm just. Saying. <laughs> oh God! No one knows what that means anymore, Maz. Hey. What does that mean? I don't even. What does it mean? <laughs> the millennials. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> All right, and then we've got one more, and and this comes from our uh, lovely co-host herself, Kim. I you, you've had your own trolls, I I hear. I have. Um, Somebody actually took a picture of my knees and uh, posted it and said something like the same thing, you know, and saying there's a smiley face on her knee, and you know, oh my gosh, it's terrible. But anyway, poor Ginger. It's distracting. Okay. I can't pay attention name. to the weather. Give me their name. I can take it. Some, somehow, I think Ginger can take it. Yes. so it's no big deal. But okay. All right, so you know we had an earthquake, and um, it was actually a 4.4 that was centered in Cleveland, Tennessee, um, yesterday morning, and I actually, uh, and I actually woke up to it. So I got on Twitter immediately, and I tweeted out, "Oh my gosh, you know I can't believe I just you know lived through an earthquake," and blah blah blah. Well, lo and behold, Cheetah Pizza replies. <laughs> Yeah, yeah pizza. Pizza. Cheetah pizza. Stupid names. Right, <laughs> like, oh my gosh. Okay, I've been through a hurricane, tornado, you know, earthquake I always wanted to experience. And, you know, sure enough, um, I lived through one. So Cheetah Pizza replies, we in Northridge and Silmar, Silmar call a magnitude 4.4 an aftershock. A spouse nudging for more goddamn covers earthquake. Get a few under Tennessee's belt. You will know. Cleveland, Tennessee. Oh, my God. That place? 
my body's shaking. Wow. What? <laughs> oh my god! All right, call yeah. me in the morning. I, I got it right. You know, yeah. like, you know, it's like people in California think this is nothing, right? So yeah. Anyway, so what, what was your what was your reply on on Twitter? How did my you respond? My reply to was LOL. <laughs> I, I How else could you? I guess it's all relative. I feel the same way about California tornadoes. Ones, the F ones. It's like uh, you don't even know what it's like to be through a. So, a so that that tornado. was a very that was a very you know Kim that was very you very sweet right very uh, very good little bit of a dig in the end there uh, reply. Gotcha. Uh-huh. But let's uh, let's see if Weather Trollbot can actually get what what you were thinking. So I'm I'm going to go ahead and enter that in. And your response on that. All right, let me let me work on the computation. And uh, this, this is going to be interesting, Kim, because I've known you to always be this uh, sweet, nice gal. Let's see what you were really <laughs> oh, thinking. Oh, that's going to be good. He doesn't know me. Here's okay. what Kim was thinking. LOL. I guess it's all relative. I feel the same way about California tornadoes. Well, you were actually thinking that. Really? You are such a sweet person. Oh, my God. I can't. You know, that's not surprising. But that can't be right. I'm sorry. I I typed something wrong. I had to have typed something wrong. Crunch numbers again, Phil. Crunch them again. We got got to try that. Here it comes. I mean, I know you're really a nice nice woman, but but let's see. Here's what Kim was really thinking. What an a-hole. (laughs) <laughs> Though that may be a small earthquake where you live, our tornadoes would be like your spouse giving you a colonoscopy with a jackhammer. Oh, okay, Kim. Wow. Winner, winner. Nice. Oh, my God. That's okay. exactly what I was thinking. You got some oh, bad thoughts. That is a bad visual, too. Yeah. Yes. Wow. <laughs> He's got a tornado tree with his name on it. All right. Well, hey, I'll, I'll, I'll say this to our listeners. If you guys come across anybody that's uh, harassing any of our weather friends on social media, send it to us so that we can go ahead and enter it into our soon-to-be-for-sale weather trollbot 5000, and uh, we'll see what she can come up with. All right, MJ, any uh, feedback from folks? Hey, well, lots of good feedback in the chat again tonight. We welcome everybody to join us for these live uh, broadcasts and and participate in that and and contact us via Facebook, Twitter, all those things as well. Uh, Jamie Sims checked in with us this week. I love falling asleep listening to you guys. I was wondering, would you ever consider? Yeah, I know. How about that? <laughs> Wait a minute. Yeah. All right. That's all right. Yeah, put that in the troll bot, huh? <laughs> Would you ever consider doing an episode on how the movie Twister affected you? Oh, yeah. that would be good. I remember that? Well. You guys ever seen that movie? Yeah, of course. Okay, just you guys might not Twister. like my replies. <laughs> Wasn't Gary England in the movie? He was. Yes. Yes, yeah. he actually was. Smack it up, flip it, rub it down. Jump back. All right. <laughs> you got it. You got to pull that one out every episode, don't you, Mass? That's yeah, right. That's right. All right. Well, folks, I think that just about does it for this episode of Stormfront Freaks Podcast. Thanks for listening and watching. But before I reveal who our next guest is going to be, uh, thanks for listening. Uh, if you enjoyed the show, do us a favor. Leave us a, a great review on your podcast app. And more importantly, don't forget to subscribe to the show. You do that by hitting your podcast app subscribe button. Uh, Works just like a magazine or newspaper, only this one is free. And uh, it just assures the latest show gets delivered right to your inbox the uh, minute that we release it so you can listen. So I do want to say special thanks 
to our guest tonight, Jacqueline Whittall. Jacqueline, thank you. Thanks, Jacqueline. Thank you so much. That, that, that was a lot of fun. You had some great stories, and, and um, uh, awesome I'm going to get story. you to sing the Christmas album at some point. <laughs> I'll, I'll lay I'll, down some tracks in the studio before I... I, I think so. I think, I think yeah. I, we got to swell up social media to, to call for that, call for the Jacqueline Woodall Christmas album. Uh, but hey, folks, awesome. our, our next episode is going to be in two weeks. And we're going to be recording on December 27th. And listen to this. We're going to be giving you a late Christmas gift by Ooh. having TV meteorologist and finalist on the American Ninja Warrior, uh, Joe Morofsky, is going to be with us. Ah, so uh, Joe is yeah. a TV weatherman, but he's a big-time American uh, Ninja Warrior Ninja uh, Warrior competition he's amazing they call him like the weather ninja or something (laughs) which is cool but hey if you'd like to watch the recording live it's going to be at 9 p.m eastern 8 central check that out on our youtube channel by searching stormfront freaks hey uh phil yeah you know if jacqueline actually does a christmas album you (laughs) gotta get a picture of you slipping and falling and the title is Walking in a Winter Wonderland. Oh, that'll be good. That'll be good. All right, so on that note, on that note for MJ, Maz, Brady, Dina, Kim, we got the whole crew here with Jacqueline as well. I'm going to go ahead and signal the all clear, and we'll catch you guys next time. Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas. Thank you for listening to the Stormfront Freaks podcast. Find our bi-weekly show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. Watch our shows on YouTube and Oklahoma Weather Tracker TV. For show notes, additional information about this episode, as well as past and upcoming shows, videos, photos, merchandise, and more, visit our website at stormfrontfreaks.com. While you're there, check out our live interactive Storm Chaser radar provided by our friends at zoomradar.com. If you would like to contact us with questions or make comments about the show, shoot us an email to questions at stormfrontfreaks.com or follow us on Twitter or Facebook. Search for Stormfront Freaks. We'd love to hear from you. Join us next time and tell a friend about the Stormfront Freaks podcast.